Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. Today we get to talk about Philadelphia. Woohoo! We are so excited to hear about this new ministry site of Equal Sage in Ecuador. Let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Welcome to the Education Equals Hope Hopecast. I'm Cameron Graham Vivanco. And I'm Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I'm the co-founder of Equals H and the director of the program here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals H in Ecuador as well. As you guys know, Education Equals Hope exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. And the hope for this pod podcast is to keep you, our dear listeners, supporters, partners in churches, and friends all over Equals H about our activities and life and mission of Equals H here in Ecuador and the world as well. That's true. Right. That's true. We are right. going to have some, uh, we're going to get back to that international. We just want to say thank you, and we could not be doing this without you. So thank you very much. Today we have a special guest. guest. Uh -huh. The special guest is Jorge Luis Rodriguez. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to be here again. Oh, as every um, week? As every week. Obviously, he's not <laughs> our special guest. But today is just Jorge and I, Jorgito. Jorgito Luis, because he, like, he likes Thank the you. double name. My Thank bad. You. My bad. Um, and we have an adventure to tell you about. Wow. It was an adventure. It was an adventure. And it's starting, actually. Is it already? This is just starting. What he's talking about is a ministry site in the town of Ambato. Yes. Ambato is to a town still in the highlands, about two yep. and a half hours to the south. And the church there is called Philadelphia. Tell us about the Philadelphia Church. And, well, where we're going is yes. that they are opening Equals H program this week. And last weekend, we got to go visit with them. It's been yeah. a multi-month process, but you have been in their lives for four or five years. Yeah. So tell us that story. Well, first, it's important to say that this it's a blessing to have new ministry sites. Oh, that know that we are we get to pour into new students. You know, like it's a blessing to know that we are growing that fast and and it's a blessing to have all these new opportunities to keep on growing and new opportunities for the ministry sites that we already have to keep on praying to new people because that's what we want to do we want to connect them and make a huge family of equals age mm -hmm. so in that sense i met um fernando and ellie who are the pastors of this church um 2017 something like that that's a big year a lot happened in 2017 The, lots of things happened, at least in my life, did happen. Um, yes, I, I, as I have told before, I was collaborating with many missionary teams before coming to Equals H mm -hmm. and Youth World. And that was one of the ones that I visited with, um, with my, one of my pastors and personal friends, Steve Youngren and Sandy Youngren. They had their own mission with them and they asked me to host a team for them. And we went to Ambato. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just gonna the the NGO world down here is a great big web, <laughs> and we yes. and we work together. So um, Sandy and Steve have a have their own foundation. They do, and they train pastors, and so and then they had a short term team come to work with some of the pastors they were training. Yes, and they asked you to host that because you're beautifully bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> their um their incredible mission group is called Compassion Connection. But they are my pastors and American parents. That's how I always um, tell tell the story. So they asked me to go with them. Uh, we received a group from Michigan, Ann Arbor. 
And we went to this Ambato church, practically not knowing anyone mm-hmm. or knowing anything. You didn't know them or anything. You just not even up. Steve and Sandy. They just kind of like, kind of like knew them, but not truly knew oh, them. Oh, that was the very beginning. That was the very, very okay. beginning. So we started, I was actually the one like carrying on the relationship. <laughs> the thing is that we got there with probably 10 or 12 other college students. Mm-hmm. And we were super, super welcomed. And we were able to see how the church was growing. When we got there, the church was one year old or something like that. Mm-hmm. They they were just starting. But we saw immediately the love for the love of the church for the people in their community. Mm-hmm. That's something that always like shocked me and impacted me in a great way. And we started working and I had returned there for like three or four years, something like that, mm-hmm. until I started realizing that one of the biggest and most important ministries of that church is not their own people, but reaching out to other people of the community. Yeah, let's stop right there and define that because I've now seen this with my own eyes. Mm-hmm, you have mm-hmm, um, talked mm-hmm. about this. And we, so we are nor, most of our churches that we partner with are yeah. um, in humble neighborhoods. Yes. And so the, 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 the filigreses, what's that word? The parishioners. Yes. And the parishioners usually are the ones who really need the equals age help. And they also use it to do outreach to others who really need that help. They're Absolutely. in desperate and difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Fernando's a judge, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yes. He and Ellie um, are, are not in a desperate and difficult situation. And they have dedicated their lives. I mean, they he works Monday to Friday doing mm-hmm. all the, the normal Judge things. Judge, judge things, whatever <laughs> judges do. Hi, Suzanne, looking at you. Um, but then they spend their weekends doing outreach. So they basically, it was a cell group from yep. another church, and they wanted to put their faith into action. Yep. And they went looking for those who would be in desperate and difficult places or situations so that they could be the hands and feet of Christ to those people. Absolutely. That they would be able to remind those even in desperate and difficult situations, that they are seen, they're heard, they're loved, they're valued. Mm-hmm. And so when we got to go this Sunday, I'm skipping ahead, we'll come back. It's great. But when we got to go this Sunday, it was probably the first church that I have seen in Ecuador that I've gotten to be a part of, mm-hmm. that there was truly from upper class to poverty class, worshiping yes. together in the same space. Absolutely. It's very particular. And I also think that it has to do with Ambato being a small town Mm -hmm. that is very mixed up there are of course like a little bit more poor areas and Uh a little more wealthy areas but it's mainly very mixed Mm -hmm. like fernando and ellie and the prior church building was um in a very in um close to a college Mm -hmm. to a university Mm -hmm. so it makes it like very mixed and if you keep seeing like the like uh, the hell above their neighborhood Mm -hmm. it starts to change well, I mean, just Ellie and Fernando's house, which was a, a lovely home. Yeah. I could look up, standing out in their garage, I could look up the hill two blocks and could she, see the shacks yep. and the shanties yeah. on the hillside. Yeah. And that's two blocks from this really nice home. Yeah. Um, and that and those are the people that they they went to, to go seek out and to love on purpose and to share the hope and the love of Christ with in tangible ways. Tell us about the program that they started on Saturday mornings. It's beautiful because, as you were saying, where they live, that area gives them the opportunity of being exposed and being close to many other people um, that they would never be um, in another 
for any other reason. Just with zoning in general, yes. you're not going to have shacks next to, yeah. to five-bedroom homes. And but in Ambato, you do. So yeah. they're just right next to each other. Absolutely. So the thing is that they started this um, Saturday mornings program for kids with kids from the community around that neighborhood, mm -hmm. around that, that area. They used up to in the have, hillside. Up not, in the hillside. Not so much those in the five-bedroom homes, but the ones yes, up the hillside. But up, up the hillside. And around, like any other neighborhood, there mm -hmm. will be kids coming down. When I got there, I started. I saw probably 50, 70 kids. Mm -hmm. um, and it got to 80, 100 kids, 120 wow. kids. Um, it, was, it was a strike for me because I started to see them very close to the church people in this Saturday morning service. It was service. a strike or a striking? Striking. Okay. And when we got there... When I got there, I realized that there were so many kids and many people from the church. It was not just one or two. It was at least 15 people from the church, mm -hmm. adults, yeah. helping to the program. Um, they will they will sing songs with them. They will do like a normal Bible, Sunday Bible class. Uh -huh. um, but they will also share with them breakfast. Mm. And they will also help them to clean their hands um, and other things. The, the greatest thing that I saw is that Every adult had many kids around them. Mm -hmm. So they divided them into groups. Yeah. And I thought that those kids, because of how close they, they seemed to be to the, for, to the adults, uh -huh. I thought that they were part of a church. And then when I realized that they were not, they, these kids just started to know that there was this great people doing games. And that's how they started to come mm -hmm. every sun, Saturday morning. And it's people around, kids around the neighborhood that their parents are probably not present mm -hmm. because they're working they're out working, in the city yeah. uh, or in other cities too. Yeah. I remember one or two cases of the kids telling me, well, I don't see my parents until Sunday. Mm. And like when we are in school, we are in school, but then we come after that and there's no one for them, for us. Right. You know, so that's what I started to see, like how close they were. And that was amazing to see how, these adults started a program and they got to be super, super invested into the kids. Mm -hmm. After the program was over, each adult will take them back to their homes. Walk with them back Walk up with the them. hill, back to... Yes, or sometimes because some of them came from a farther away neighborhood, mm -hmm. they will take a bus, public transportation, to go back and bring the kids back. Mm. And also, to I realized that they would do that to bring them over too. Yeah. So that's how it started. And um, these kids, of course, coming from a very hard situation, mm -hmm. not being with their parents, not having the right examples around them, mm -hmm. and of course, not having everything that they needed. Yeah. So I remember even seeing one, one, one of those years that I visited the church, um, the church saying, okay, our, ne our kids need this. They're starting college and they need shoes. College being high school. Uh, uh, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, they started in school. Colegio. Colegio. High school. Yes. <laughs> and um, and the community just said, like, they need shoes to start another school year. Mm -hmm. And they are not going to get it. Mm -hmm. What do we have? Mm -hmm. So they took to the team that we brought. Um, and the team was able to collaborate. But that was not enough. Mm. So that's when I saw the blessing of having this kind of community in the church mm -hmm. that can say, okay, we can, we can support with this little much. Mm -hmm. But every fam family is supporting in a way so that we could, together, they were able to do something for so those So it really kids. is kind of like an uh, a early biblical times, New Testament yeah. church model Absolutely. of everyone coming together and those who have something are sharing with those who don't. Mm -hmm. um, uh, fast forwarding, I know that 
COVID and the last yes. two years kind of brought all of that to a halt. They did start, they did do Zoom and online and and some people were able to connect and some people weren't. Yes. Um, and they actually were able to change um, physical locations because that first part that you were just telling us about was all in a community center right in um, Fayette and Ellie's neighborhood. But then because they have connections, I mean, I, I've said this over and over and over again in my life. I don't know if I've ever said it here, but uh, ministry comes out of pockets of resource. Now, <laughs> yes. there are all sorts of resources, and money is definitely not the only no. resource. Mm-hmm. Resource of time, resource of leadership. Um, but those financial resources are really, Absolutely. really helpful. And those connections here in Ecuador, there's a word called palanca. If you have palanca <laughs> with somebody, if you have connection yes. with them. Um, and and Fer and Eli knew uh, a woman who was running a very successful upper-class school that had outgrown yeah. that space, and they had to go build their own new campus out where there was more land. Mm-hmm. And the school building, um, it looks brand new. We That's where we were on Sunday was sitting empty. It was sitting empty for two years, and they have cut Fernando and Ellie a great deal for being friends yeah. and taking uh, uh, the opportunity to use this ab- abandoned building, but mm-hmm. it has it's a school. It's beautiful. It has eight classrooms and yeah, huge outdoor spaces and a place for the sanctuary and and. But they that the the whole church like they're not part of a denomination. They don't have resources coming in no. from anywhere except the tithe. Fernando doesn't even get a salary. Yeah, that he's completely he volunteer, and so they're paying the rent on this building and helping to create the music program. Yeah, and there's many things happening in the life of the church, but most of those things um, happen because every person that let's say that I am part of the kids ministry. If I if I'm a teacher um, a teacher of one of those classes and my kids need a refrigerio or a little lunch break, um, I will be able to provide that for my kids. So yeah, every that person that collaborates, pocket. yes, mm-hmm. every person that collaborates of any part of church is able to also support that ministry with their with their own pockets, you know, their own resources. Um, and it's great to have that space and they have that uh, like those connections and that willingness. I think one of the strengths that maybe you can say you saw is that they that church is very like assembled between each other. They're very not just united, but very um, used to work together mm-hmm. and very committed to like those things. Like everybody in the church has a role. Like yes. There are very few people yes. who go and sit and warm a warm up seat on Sunday morning and sure. then that's all they do. Everybody has some sort of ministry that's their own. And yep. actually I've I've heard teaching and believe firmly myself that that's part of the key to a faith full, like full of faith. Yes. Yes. Uh, experience is having your own ministry and this church is really doing a great job of plugging people, mm-hmm. every person into some sort of ministry. Absolutely. So as you said because of um, COVID and all the virtual part they realized first that m- many of those kids were not able to plug back into the life of the church because they will do it by their own, not mm-hmm. with their parents. Mm-hmm. It is a great resource because those kids will bring their parents at some point. Mm-hmm. But the ma- the ra- main relationship between the church and those families are the kids. Yeah. Uh, because of Zoom and all that, they started um, to kind of like fade away. That relationship started to fade away. And Nelly and Fer were looking for different opportunities to connect back with those kids. Mm-hmm. Now they have this beautiful building and they wanted to do something. Um, and that's when I said, I work for Equals Age. We have an incredible <laughs> mission. And the main and most important thing that we can do is that we want to support the ideas of local leadership. 
So that's what I said, you know, like you guys are a great church, a great community of believers that work together and are committed together to engage with the community you belong to. So we definitely want to be part of that. And the way that they want it, because we, when we start a new ministry site, we, we start hearing their ideas and we share the ones that we have too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one of the ideas that we had and that they said that would be great is that they want to hire a tutor and actually they want to hire one tutor that can be there and carry on the relationship with the kids all the time. Mm -hmm. But there's many other people from the church that is going to plug in and, and start like... help and volunteer, but there'll be one person to always be there to yes. open the door. Yes. So what they want to do is to hire tutor and have like a after school program mm -hmm. for those kids um, that need support. And as they are learning, kind of learning everything from a screen... They can have someone that can help them to assimilate all that Bring them learning. back up to grade level. So um, this will air in February of 2022. And two weeks ago, mm -hmm. Ecuador went back to presential classes. Public yes. schools in Ecuador went back to presential classes for the first time since March 12th, 2020. Mm -hmm. So almost two full years of online um, for the public schools. Obviously, some of the private schools had gone back earlier. But that that's a that's a big deficit to uh, to it try is. to help it make, is. make up. Um, I want to clarify in equals H, we want to as you just said, we want to go to the ministry like the ministry site. What's your vision? What do you want to do? Yes. And we have seen that people kind of choose one of two options. One option is to meet the individual needs of the individual student to get them in or keep them in school, and so that's you know your shoes, your notebook, your pens. The other option is that they want to create the safe space yes. for the child to come to, mm -hmm. to do that after-school tutoring, to do that um, pouring into them relationally. Both things are relational. Both things offer discipleship. Mm -hmm. One offers a specific skill set. I mean, uh, not skill set. One offers a specific needs, shoes, transportation, school supplies, and the other offers space. And some of our ministry sites do both. Yeah. Diosas Amor does both, but yes. this um, Philadelphia wants to create the space for these kids to come to, so they're yeah. not just in their homes by themselves yes. after school. Create the space for them to come yes. and be. And again, when we talk about ideas and dreams, this is just the beginning for them. And something else that I love about Equals H is how we are just a little, little tiny push for the local church to truly grow the ways that they need to, the ways that they want to. Mm -hmm. So this is just the beginning for them. We're just giving them the excuse to start working in a different and, and, and most, most important way. Um, and the and the great news is, is that for $200 a month, because that mm -hmm. is what they're getting, yes. $200 a month, that's going to change the lives of 20 to 30 students. Yes. And, 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 power this and this iglesia this church <laughs> uh to create that safe space to create those relationships to disciple and provide for the education put that that preventative network of the church around the child and around um and around them through the school keeping them in school yeah. it was wonderful to meet Myra, who was representing <laughs> all of the parents and the families mm -hmm. um it was incredible to watch this woman who it is obvious that she comes from a very difficult and desperate yeah. situation, mm -hmm. but for her to hold her head up high in the yes. midst of upper class Ecuadorians mm -hmm. or upper middle class Ecuadorians and be like, this is my job. I do the sound for the church. This is my children brought me to this church. And yes. now this is, this my is my ministry. role here. This is my role here. And I belong. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And it makes me want to weep because I'm so proud of her. And so she's so courageous. We had a, a chance to talk after the service and she was like, do you, do you know of any psychologists or do you know of anybody that hmm. could, could walk alongside? Cause I, she, I think she understood that I understood both sides of this uh-huh. parag- yeah. paradigm. Yeah. And she was like, I came from a really, really dark, hard, hard childhood and life. And mm. I'm doing the very best I can for my family, but I know I need psychological help along the way. Is this something you can do? Oh my uh-huh. God. <laughs> okay. We're going to keep walking with you and hopefully <laughs> yes, this is yes. going to be the something that we could do for you in the future or figure out or how, but to know that we are um, part of the her journey and her children's journey, that that poverty of being is not going to define them forever. Yeah. And something else that I love is that one example like Maida is showing and exposing herself to all this, mm-hmm. but she knows how important it is for other people and not just for her. Mm-hmm. So she brought her neighbors. Yes. Like she is, she's doing incredible things. That's why she's part of the board of the scholarships because she's representing all that. Mm-hmm. And she's going to open the eyes and the, and the the ears of the board and move them to action into what the families need. So it was oh. great. I'm already excited to see the fruit of this ministry site. Um, I would ask y'all to specifically pray for Myra yeah, and her family. Please. Her youngest daughter is Abigail and a <laughs> son, Sebastian, and I think her middle son's Marco. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys can pray for them. Um, her husband was there. I just yes. can't say his name. I don't. <laughs> it was a name I'd never heard before. Do you remember? Obidio? Obi- something like that. Yes, Obidio. something like that. Yeah, why couldn't I remember that? <laughs> um, if you would like to be a part of the Education Was Hope team, be a part of this ministry, please go to educationwashope.org and find the Donate now button. Um, thank you for being a part of what we're doing already. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the hope that you're bringing to Myra and Abigail and Marco and Sebastian and Obidio um, and their neighbors, Marci- Mar- Marcella, no, Marciela and her uh, sister, also an Abigail and her mom, Carmita, uh, incredible people that we got to be with. Um, please play for Fer and Ellie as they lead this ministry yes. site and we'll keep you posted. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See you next time. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.